1: Okay. So I was sitting with my friends one day and they asked me, Stephanie, how do you record your podcast? And I said, with the Anchor app on my phone. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. And it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. They even have classes and stuff that you can listen to that will give you all kinds of good tips on what you need to do in order to make the best podcast. So if you want to do this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl and your host Stephanie Hardy. For this special episode, I had an amazing and soul nourishing conversation with one third of the Jobber Tears Podcast trio, Janelle from the HR. We're talking about the state of wrestling, beautiful wrestling fan stories, and how we feel about the win of Bianca Belair at this year's Royal Rumble. So sit back, relax, and listen to this episode of The Hardy Wrestling Pie guys. Janelle? Yes. Hey. Hey girl. What up yes, what Thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, Janelle. I am honored to
2: be selected, and I'm the first out of my trio to do it. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's almost lined up perfectly with what's happening now. So, hey, <laughs> we couldn't have
2: written a better outline than what's going on right now.
1: So I'm excited right but before we get into that because i'm because i'm really pumped to get into that part of our conversation but i gotta start by asking you you know a bunch of other questions first and the first one is when did you fall in love with wrestling
2: i fell in love with wrestling i would say i was about seven eight i was up late at night so like here i'm from new york so here um, there used to be a show on um, NBC called Showtime Out the Apollo. And it used yeah. to come on at one o'clock in the morning here in New York. So I would watch it, but everybody would sit, like my grandmother and my mom, everybody would be like, once Apollo goes off, you go off. Like, cut all that stuff off, go to bed. Because it was Saturday. But at like six, seven, eight years old, I stumbled upon ECW at two o'clock in the morning. So, I would watch wrestling. That's why even now, like, as an adult, I can watch wrestling mute. Because as a kid, that's how I started watching wrestling because I didn't want anyone to know I was awake. So, I would watch ECW on public access TV here in New York at 2 o'clock in the morning, mute. And that's kind of where everything started from there.
1: So, you would watch ECW with no sound? No sound. Oh, my goodness. And
2: as time progressed, I probably, like would have the volume on like a smidge so I could hear Joey Styles talk but other than that it was mute so I would just be watching and I'm like that really any type of wrestling mute
1: and be okay wow yeah That's so interesting because I I feel like the weirdest thing I ever did in terms of watching wrestling was like, I think one time I was in a car with my boyfriend and he had the network playing during a pay-per-view, but we were listening to it through his Bluetooth. That was the weirdest thing I had ever experienced because I had always watched wrestling along with the sound. I had never like just listen to it. But he likes that because he's old. <laughs> he's uh, old inside. Wait, how old? I was about to say, is he OO for real? No, he's 28, like, but he has an old soul, is what I'm okay. saying. Like, gotcha. he has a very old spirit. So it's like, doing stuff like that, that's just kind of different from what we're used to in our age range is just something that fascinates him. But to me, I'm like, what? um, How is this going to work? <laughs> right. <laughs> like,
2: like it's funny because my boyfriend he'll um he'll he's used to it now like if i have the tv mute so like if we're on the phone or if he's in the house with me here and i have it mute like now he's used to it and he at first used to get upset like why is this mute like turn the volume up and i'd be like no it's okay like and i don't know i just feel like it's more like I've been able to, I think, have a different appreciation for wrestling, even just watching it mute because of uh, my focus isn't the sound; it's more the visual. So I'm watching technical, like technical wrestling. I oh, I fell in love with, and that's probably why. But like the moves and how everything transitioned, so kind of seeing the business on that aspect but mute I think that's what made things a lot better for me in the beginning and then of course as the older I got of course the sound came on but it's even the same how like if you go to a show you don't hear commentary right so it's the same concept so at first it was it wasn't weird to me going to a live show because I was like oh I that's just how I started watching wrestling anyway
1: you guys are just catching up (laughs) oh that's so cool so, um, had you ever had a vision of yourself using your voice in wrestling um, before you um, and Sir Wilkins and Mr. Black created the Job of Tears podcast? Absolutely not. I told anybody that asked me,
2: like, no. And actually, out of the three of us, I've been the only one to do commentary for shows. So even that opportunity um, or the opportunities I've had to do that, because I've done that a bunch of times here in New York and in Jersey, um, I never envisioned that. Like, I've always had a love for wrestling. Anyone that knows me knows this is like wrestling is life, but... I've never had that like oomph to wanna like work in the business. I probably more or less now like I would do, like I would see myself doing certain things, but I never like, everyone's always like, well, apply for WWE. And I'm like, I never had, like that never was my goal. Like that never was something on the table for me. Like I just love the business. So, Did I ever envision, like, my voice getting to ears and people actually caring about, you know, our opinions? Absolutely not. Like, I went into podcasting. Me and Sir Wilkins actually did a podcast. We started a podcast previous to the one we have now. And even doing that, I did it because he's my best friend. (laughs) I did it more or less because I was like, well, he needs a female. I'm going to be mad at somebody else. I'll make the time. But I did it because it was something he visioned. So I never really was like thought it would turn into what it is today at all. So it's it definitely has caught me by surprise, to say the least. Okay.
1: So how exactly did you, Sir Wilkins and Mr. Black, even like connect and meet? And what made you guys decide to like have this show and what it is now? So
2: Me and so Sir Wilkins started um so here in New York he does viewing parties. It actually is funny because Facebook always reminds you sometimes good things, sometimes terrible things, because that Facebook memory catch you up. Mm -hmm. But actually this um this today, um, but in probably listening terms, it'll be a few days after, but um Facebook reminded me we've been friends for nine years. So I said, Oh my God. And, you know, he's been doing the viewing parties for nine years. So I think I was fresh out of college and I came across um, a viewing party in the city. And I dragged my boyfriend at the time. I said, Come, let's go to the viewing party. You know, I, you know, watch wrestling. It was hard to watch wrestling in college because we didn't, I didn't have the channel, I didn't pay per view. So I would only really catch wrestling when I was home um, for like breaks. So I said, You know, let's go. It's at a bar, we can go eat, drink so I met um, Sir Wilkins at the viewing party it was his first one he did nine years ago at Royal Rumble so Rumble is the viewing party anniversary oh so yeah so it's kind of bittersweet that we didn't have one this year because of COVID but um, but next year it'll be super amazing because it'll be 10 years so it's gonna you know it's bittersweet but he started doing the viewing parties I went to the very first one um, at Highland Park here in New York and we had been friends ever since. I had been going probably religiously throughout the years. The only times I probably missed viewing parties is if I was actually at the show. <laughs> um, and just fast-forwarding to maybe what four years ago, um, the wrestling group that we were a part of at the time, um, he wanted to Serbukas wanted to start a podcast. Um, so shout outs to Leo, who was our old camera guy. So Leo kind of like pushed him and was like, you should do the podcast. So me, him and another individual, um, did a podcast. Um, and it kind of was not, I don't want to say a test run, but it was just for us to get used to things for us to kind of build a brand. It wasn't Java tears yet. It was just kind of like, a, it was something different. So fast forward almost a year and a half after we started that. Um creative differences happen, and that happened, you know, in life. So me and Sir Wilkins decided we were gonna start our own, and then he entered Mr. Black, which is his actual blood brother. People do not believe that. I tell people <laughs> all the time, they are actual brothers. So his brother, so Mr. Black, um, entered the picture. Um, and we did a pilot episode of the Jabba Tears podcast which I'll tell you how we got to that name um in a second but we did a pilot episode actually on his birthday um three years ago on Sir Wilkins birthday um we did a pilot episode and then we did like our first real episode three years ago this past January so we've been it's it's (laughs) girl it's been highs and lows but we came up with the name it was it's funny because I'm terrible with names I tell, even when boy the boys want to name episodes and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm that's not my job. I'm terrible at it. But we were sitting after we did the pilot episode, and I always had a fascination. I don't mean, know why, but I always had a fascination with jobbers. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, the infamous Brooklyn Brawler is probably the best jobber in the wrestling world. And mm-hmm. he's from New York. So I was just like, you know, people always frown upon jobbers so for us starting it felt like we were the underdogs like we didn't you know we didn't really have podcast background we didn't have many followers or nobody knew who we were so it kind of just coincided with just who we were so that's where jobber comes and then the tears part (laughs) stupid but it's, it's it is what it is the tears represents all the fans that complain and argue and you know how they go like smarts and tears and also that came from that aspect of like us debating each other and having different opinions and having complaints and having positive and negatives so that's where the tears part came from so we just put it together so we felt like we were the underdog podcast that debated one another And then fast forward three years later, we have a whole network of other podcasts under us, including our own. (laughs) So it's been it's been a journey. I will say it's been it's been highs. It's been lows. It hasn't been easy because, you know, once again, they're brothers. So, you know, that personal aspect does play a role. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, Sir Wilkins' best. Me and him are best friends. And, you know, me and Mr. Black, we're friends. So it's, like, me in the middle of always things. So I'm just always trying to keep everybody balanced. Um, But for the most part, we've done, I think, a pretty good job at just having fun. And I think that's the one thing we value about the podcast is that we have fun doing it. It's not something where... It's dreading, you know. It's something like, oh, here we go again. Like you know, like a job. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we typically, we genuinely, through you know, through all of our differences, we enjoy wrestling, and we enjoy talking about it. And I think that's what keeps us going. And honestly, people that we've met through wrestling, you know, I, you know, I met so I met my best friend through, you know, Star Wilkins through wrestling. You know, I've had opportunities to do things through wrestling. I've met amazing people, friends that are now family through wrestling. So um, so I'm always thankful for everything that's happened, with, you know, with the podcast. Because it's you know, we we started it, but we will definitely always tell people it's bigger than us because it was important for us to always make sure that we spotlighted and highlighted that, you know, we're all black podcasts and that in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, was very rare, I think, three years ago. Not to say that there weren't, you know, a lot of other podcasters like us that were around. But I think just so that we always made sure that, listen, we can talk about some wrestling, that's fine. But we also want to create a platform for wrestlers that look like us to be able to promote themselves, to be able to talk about their journey and their stories. And we've had some phenomenal interviews um that I'm always you know thankful for I, I always tell them like my favorite one well one of my favorites was when we we interviewed um JTG um from Crime Time. Mm-hmm. Um and we also did um like we did Chad and, and we did him like we did Crime Time but we did them separately. But and mm-hmm. then we and then meeting them and then creating that relationship and then you know when Chad passed away like we took that really hard because you know, he gave us so, so, he gave us such great advice and was always supportive. And it's hard like that in, I think, a business where we are the minority, but we're all right. we got, you know? So for anyone that's, you know, come and interviewed on our show and just been supportive of our podcast, we don't take that for granted because it's, you know, people don't have to, just like you, you don't have to, you know, work with us, you know, we're, we're thankful, are thankful. Because we're all here for each other.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then...
1: It seems like that's, like, that is, like, one of the coolest origin stories I've ever heard in my (laughs) life. Like, for anything. You know how you have your superhero who has, like, that amazing origin story or something? That's probably one of the best origin stories I've ever heard behind the show starting. Yeah, because it was so organic for
2: us. It was just, like, it started off like a, we just want to talk wrestling to, this is bigger than us. So we have to position ourselves for for people for other people to get put on because it's not, you know, two, three years from now, who's to say, you know, I you know, everybody may want to start a family, people have different jobs, opportunities. So, you know, we live for the moment that we're in, but we position it where people around us can also benefit because I always tell people and you can attest I'm like listen this is not about me <laughs> I don't want the spotlight I'm good because I always feel like your success is my success and that and that's how we've always gone into anything we've done with the podcast Is like listen if you're successful we've done our we've done our job so
1: right So I want to ask you, since you did talk about, you know, the relationship between Sir Wilkins and Mr. Black as real life, you know, brothers, Uh um... How does it feel sort of being the mediator warrior, you know, amongst them? Because they're so very headstrong. That's something I've noticed since I've started listening and sort of watching you guys, is the fact that when the both of them have either the same opinion or differing opinions, they just kind of go at it like real rough, like brothers and sisters do. Cause I know I have a sister. <laughs> so how does it feel to kind of be in the middle of that? It's
2: it's 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 not easy <laughs> at all <laughs> everyone always says they're like yo i don't know how you do it because you know both the boys are very headstrong as you mentioned they're very you know they say you know they mean what they say and say what they mean so it's just like how do you how are you able to balance them out <laughs> and i'm just like I, I i don't know it's just i think for the most part i'm able to Respectful for their opinions, even though sometimes we do butt heads and things happen. But I think I'm able to be able to keep them on a path where, okay, this is the topic you guys can free reign, but I'm gonna wheel this back in so that we can move on to the next topic. So I think it just was. You know, us, and it didn't happen overnight. Trust me, there's woof. Mm -hmm. But I think being able to find a balance In you know, letting them have their opinion, being able to rebuttal or agree with each other. um, But it's not always, but I think also it's knowing the individual outside of podcast. I think that Mm -hmm. plays a huge role. And I think it's beneficial to the show that, you know, after we record, you know, I can call. You know, I I speak to Sir Wilkins, if not every day, every other day. And, you know, me and Mr. Black, you know, our friendship has grown because I realized, like, being able to understand each individual is the way that I'm able to maneuver the show. So being able to know what triggers or what things to say, what not to say, um, what things, you know, they get excited about um so let them have fun with that but then wheel them back in when I need to so I think it's just also being able to build that relationship outside of the podcast world I think has been able has has really probably helped me out but I think also just me like he, he said you know we're both like we give of mama vibes and I've always been that type of friend where I, everyone always looks to me like I'm the mom of the group so I'm just like I guess like I guess it's just natural because You know I genuinely care about both of them I care about you know everybody in our inner circle Um on our network And you know everything we We built on you know Rome was built in the day, so It's it's that kind of concept so I'm always thankful Of you know our our trials and Tribulations because it's made us better People not so much like even Like the podcast is going to be what it is But like I always tell people when We walk away from this shit what do we have and I always remind them. And that, that to me is more important than, you know, ever getting on a mic and, and saying Jobber Nation or anything. Like, wh- what do we walk away with? Like, I want everybody to know who we are as individuals and be able to be cool with that. Like, I want to be able to be at a bar and drink and and talk wrestling and not have to worry about recording sometimes <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or be able to take trips and, you know, have different experiences. Like, my favorite is when me and I wish Mr. Black would have went with us when me and Sir Wilkins we had went um, now it's almost two years we had went to Wrestlecade which is like a big convention down in um, Winston-Salem um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the, the south little I feel like it's like a miniature like Wrestlemania weekend in a sense because they have shows throughout the weekend but it's all like indie stuff but then they have old school they have like the year we went Impact was involved I think the year before that, um, ROH was involved heavy. I think Cody was involved heavy. So, but like having those experiences where we can like meet and have conversations. Like I legit had a, probably an hour conversation. Like I know they probably was pissed at me because they wanted to go and eat. But I had an hour conversation <laughs> with um, Stevie Ray. Like legit stood there. I took a picture with him. I said, listen, I love what you guys have done for the business. Because that's what my thing is always being appreciative. But literally, right. we were chatting it up for, like, an hour. Like, he was Uncle Stevie Ray. Like... Like, we hadn't seen each other in a decade. And that was the first time I met that man. <laughs> but being wow. able to have that opportunity to, like, just sit and, like, talk to, you know, one half of probably the, one of the best WCW tag team champions and it being a black man and hearing his real life, like, hearing real time stories, like how he said, I only remember the first time we won the titles. After that, it's a blur. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you, you don't remember? He's like, no. <laughs> I just, I just know they kept giving us the time <laughs> I was like oh my god but honestly hearing it from his mouth and being able to laugh and talk with him so like those things I value so much more because those are the opportunities and events that we rarely get to do but we were able to do and I hope my, my hope and prayer this year when everything kind of cools down is that the three of us are able to go to a show outside of here and just have fun because we don't get to all three of us. Get, like sometimes it'll be me and Mr. Black together. Like one time we, me and Mr. Black went to um, one of our like we have a lot of friends in the Indies, so we went to go support one of our you know two of our friends and Road Dog was doing a meet and greet. So Yarly already he already knows he's like so we go, we're gonna go over there I'm like yes we're gonna go we're gonna meet we're gonna take a picture but having the moment where Road Dog said oh you didn't know and me and Mr. Black marked out <laughs>
0: <laughs> we marked
2: out together those are the moments I live for like we can always record but like those moments outside and behind the mic I live for it way more
1: Okay, so I think what I want to ask you now is what is the most out-of-control thing that is taking place on the show? <laughs> Where do I start?
2: Uh-huh. I, you know what? I hope you ask this question to the three of us and I want to see what the both of them say. Um, I'll make a note of like, that. I, I legit, <laughs> I'm intri- like, I'm interested in seeing what they think is because mine would be... Oh, there's just so many moments. Um, without really giving things away, um, I have two. The first one is, and they have a clip. Like it was on, like we were recording, was them talking about Sunny Kiss. It fucked me up so bad <laughs> because I said what? Because they and it's not, and it wasn't because of what they said. It just was how random it was. It was just like. Are you guys serious right now? And it was the it was one of the times where they both agreed, and they rarely agree with each other. So it was just even another level of what they were talking about. How beautiful Sunny Kiss was, and it oh, and wow. it threw me off because I was just like, not because Sunny Kiss is not beautiful, like we love him, but it was just like so random. Like it literally is a clip. It's like a, a throwback clip. Maybe our like. Either our first year or no, we were recording at the school, so maybe like year and a half, year two. They just went in a tangent about Sunny Kiss, and I just was like, "Are y'all serious
0: right now?" <laughs>
2: but it was so, it was so dope, and you know, Sunny appreciated it. So, you know, because we've seen Sunny, you know, kind of grow up in the business because you know he was training at Warriors, and you know, our, you know, two of our really close friends there too so seeing kind of Sunny Kiss grow in the indies and then now being on AEW um, it's really cool like it's really really cool to see certain people grow um, that we've seen here at home on the indie scene like even like shout out to Tasha Steele who absolutely loves this like that's family and seeing mm-hmm. her being one half of the knockout tag tag, like tag team champions like that's amazing like we would have never like looked not thinking that she would be that successful but just so proud of her so that part of them talking about sunny kiss but the other one would be anytime where we started recording in the beginning live (laughs) and we've even had an argument in pre-production, that has now carried over into the first ten minutes of the episode, where where oh we've God. had where we've had actually like cut off the live feed. Like it's hilarious. Like I think it's maybe two times that that's happened, where we just cut the live feed, and it just was like. And it's because either we've all argued with each other, or the boys have argued with each other, and I'm just sitting there confused. Like what what are we doing? Mm-hmm. But. We're human. And, you know, once again, they're real life brothers. So it could be some real personal shit that I just be... That and I had, you know, I was come say, there's certain things I'm never going to understand. Because y'all are brothers. But when we walk through that door, y'all going to have to leave that stuff outside the door. Because we have one focus and one job to do. But that's the negative. But the positive one was the sunny kiss one. So I was like, well, I, I'm going to have them find it and send it to you. So you can see what I'm talking about. Because my face was so naturally like what the fuck (laughs) like like, (laughs) are y'all serious right now and like I said it wasn't negative it wasn't the fact that you were talking it was just like okay the both of you are agreeing with each other the both of you are sitting here saying this man is beautiful I was just like y'all doing the most but I love it it's okay yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I want to ask who has been your favorite guest so far? Oh, um Outside of Shad,
2: of course because I just feel like mm-hmm. that's a given Um, because he really like, I look back he really, get, he was so raw and uncut and he literally was like, you guys can ask me whatever you want, like it does not matter and I value that because we were able to see different, point, you know, see his his point of view because, you know, growing up, you were like, oh, they just shucking a job. And he was just like, no, like it was well thought out. It was, you know, they wanted to take pieces of like a living color. Like he broke it down for us. So the Shad Gaspar interview is definitely like there. But the other one, um, oh my God, we've done a lot of interviews I would probably say definitely shy. The one, I, um, it's okay. I'm going to give you top three because I feel like that I could think of, and that was kind of the okay. That's and that was fine. kind of the gift and the curse of being in a pandemic was we actually probably got some of our best interviews the last year. Um, we had one with Leo Rush. Which to this day, I feel like someone listened to the episode and that's what started the whole Leo Leo Rush comment that he said on our podcast was what was put on TNZ. Mm. So the whole thing about him having the issue with Mark Henry, we spoke about that on 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 the interview. And it literally wasn't even like a week after and it hit the internet. Like Leo Rush is talking bad about mark henry but everything that was said was said on our on our interview so i always said someone's listening and we just it just hasn't hit hit but it someone's listening so the leo rush one um which was really really good and leo was you know even i feel like now he worked us because he's wrestling again (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it was really good because you know, he was just fun and cool to talk to. So, um, and the other one, of course, I would say is um, the daughter of late, great Eddie Guerrero. When we interviewed Shawl Guerrero.
1: She, oh, that was she a great was one. I so, love that She one. was
2: so much fun. So cool. It like, it was parts where we were getting emotional. And I was just like, because you never would grow up and, you know, you grow up, you watch Eddie and, you know, Eddie passed. So you just, you know, like, you know, but you would never think like, I'm talking to the actual daughter of Eddie Guerrero. Like what? Like Vicky Guerrero's daughter. Mm -hmm. So like, but she was so cool and just very honest. And I think that's the one thing I can always appreciate when anyone's come on the show is their honesty. Their honesty is, is, Mm -hmm. is beyond, you know, like we've had one, um, indie indie wrestler he actually did his last interview with us he did like his like retirement interview and it was just like what and he was just like if there's a platform I'm gonna do it on it's gonna be you guys and I was just like okay wow, (laughs) yeah like an indie guy guy that had been you know in the business over 10 years here in the New York tri-state area and he was just like you guys I, I wouldn't have any other platform to do it on that's gonna let me be as honest as I want to be but i would say yeah shawls leo and of course Chad gaspar would probably be the three i think we had the best but even the last one we did with mega ranch shout out to mega Ranch. he's he's awesome Mm -hmm. like he's just such a dope person and like being also like a friend of the podcast but then also you know being able to be successful um in wrestling and now being an author like it's just we've had a lot of dope people like whether it's small or big like so I never take for granted anyone that wants to come on the show because I really get blown away when people even like ask like can we be on the show and I'm just like but why <laughs> like it's just us oh my god <laughs> literally I'm like but why and it, they're like why
1: not so I'm just like what like are you sh- <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt. I was just like, they, like I cannot tell you how excited <laughs> I was <laughs> when Sir Wilkins asked me to be on the show. I was like, Are you Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was crunk. Like I felt like I had made oh it. Oh my god. And you know what's so funny? <laughs> In my soul, I was like, hi man. You're like, that's literally like I have the flyer still pinned on my Twitter that they made for my episode it's still on my twitter Good. page right now <laughs> but
2: like see me I'm, i be looking at people like Are y'all surely i want to be honest because they could be great like they're um they sometimes can be unpredictable so i don't and the weird part about it is like i don't know i guess i have a superstition i never listen to the episodes so i've never it is and i tell people all the time it's just that it's no shade it's just that i i that's just not my wave like i'll record it'll be what it is that's it and move on but when we do have guests i do try to listen back to those and just see how they went but with your episode it was so funny because um the background story to that is i i couldn't do the episode because it was my boyfriend's birthday weekend and and we had went away Uh and the guys was like who should we get and you know we threw a few they, they threw a few names out but then wilkins i said you know what i'm gonna ask stephanie i said great because y'all need female energy to balance y'all out so anytime they've had another guy and it's just the three guys it's probably too much so having another female i think is always a good thing and also you having your own podcast i oh like i said i never wanted to just be about us I want people to come on and be able to promote themselves, be able to give their thoughts and opinions because that matters. So I never want it to be, it's just us. No, like, it, trust me, if I could, I would, I would shoot. Stephanie, you can always do the podcast. I could hot tag you in at any time <laughs> if that's the case because I just would rather see, I don't know, I've always been, I would rather see you, your success is my success. So as long as you good. We all good here, so. But yeah, but I, I'm glad that you were able to be a guest and enjoy, and know that you you are now part of the Jabatias family. Like I always tell people, like once you in, you in forever.
1: So. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I feel so honored, and I feel like you just hugged I did. Me the I, phone. I was moving my hands. Um. you can't see. Like, I moved my hands <laughs> like I was
2: hugging because I was just like. Cause I feel that oh. way. Cause it's just cause people <laughs> always ask. Or, you know, whenever I, if I talk to someone else or I do another podcast, and they always ask like, "How does it feel being the only girl?" And I'm just like, I'm just always blessed because I think you know our podcast, you're you know everyone that of color that's doing a podcast that deals with wrestling is showing the world that black people love wrestling. And growing up, we always yes. growing up, when even when we started the podcast, growing up, it was more of a hush thing. It was like, don't tell anyone you like wrestling because they're gonna think you're weird and they're not gonna wanna hang out with you. But literally anyone that knows me, know whether I went to junior high school, high school with you, know that I've always loved wrestling. So being able to have a platform that I have now is just it it brings joy to meet other people like that. And for us to kind of create our own community. That's why not having the viewing parties suck. Because it's our little community that we've cultivated. And that people feel safe. Like anytime people has come, it's their first time. It's almost like church. First time, come, you know, come. We welcome all. Come as you are. But they always say, I've never seen so many people that look like me in one space that watches wrestling and that's how I know
1: what we do is bigger than us that is amazing that is so beautiful that actually ties into a question I almost asked you so you basically (laughs) answered it by just saying that and that just and that just blows my mind and it's really beautiful how you created this thing and you realize that it's bigger than you and then you've made this space for people of color like and black people Mm -hmm. definitely specifically you Mm -hmm. know who love wrestling because it's just like it's been more so of a family thing for some people because it's like for me it was like my grandma and then my Mm -hmm. dad and then me. Um, And it's like anytime I was at school and they would sort of talk about wrestling occasionally, I would then jump in on the conversation and I would never really bring it up because it wasn't viewed as like a cool thing, like you said. Um, So it's, it was kind of the same thing for me, but it became more acceptable, you know, towards high school a little bit because you had a lot of people, you know, who... Knew that I was into wrestling because I was the girl who didn't come to school the Monday after WrestleMania 27 <laughs> because we had just got back, you know, from Atlanta because <laughs> it's not that far. Um, but they knew that. And then, of course, once I went to college and it was more so of, you know, a more diverse um, amount of people there, you know, who actually liked wrestling, you know, that was the more I started become Becoming more comfortable with addressing it With people more so my age So I'm really glad that you guys Have built yourself up To a point to where you can help other people Who are you know creating content And also making safe spaces for fans You know that's yeah beautiful you can have that
2: So like When like the viewing parties Or if we all go Like to an indie show all together Or like one year yeah The year of WrestleMania was in New Orleans it was like we went down there it was like 20 of us and i and i would say 80 wow. percent of who went like within our like group that was their first wrestlemania so oh. to be able to kind of like be on bourbon street with all of our friends and people wrestling in the streets and being at Wrestlemania and then going to Raw after and Smackdown after like to be able to have those type of memories I'm all about the experience so when we were in the planning stages of it I was really excited because it was the first time that like I went to a place for Wrestlemania and like 20 people 20 of my friends were with me at the same time so it was really cool to just have that type of environment where we will all be like, all right, we're gonna all meet up at this, and then be able to bar hop and be able to meet wrestlers, and you know that type of experience. And I was just even, I was even more happy for those that I was their first time because by then New Orleans, that was my third WrestleMania. No, that was number four. So for me, I was just wow, like, oh, kind of used to this, but you know, because <laughs> you know you got to work your way up. To building the stamina to sit in a stadium
1: for eight hours seven eight hours oh my gosh i imagine like it really isn't that easy but once i feel like once you're in the wrestlemania air you tend for me i just forgot (laughs) i forgot how long i was there and i was just happy to just be there and just sit there in the georgia dome and just be just just out and then by the time it was all over. I was just like, oh, God, it really is like 11 Yeah, o'clock. no,
2: we were exhausted. <laughs> like, it was,
1: exa- no, we, everyone crazy. was
2: exhausted. Especially those that, like, it was their first time because, you know, I think the format of how WrestleMania is now where they have it, well, not this year coming up, but where they, you know, it's literally, like, all day. Like, you get in this, you get a uh, stadium, like, mm-hmm. 3, 4 o'clock, you don't get out till, like, 11, 12, if that. That's a whole, probably, 8-hour shift. So if you're not used to sitting and watching that all in one shot, I have a picture of a friend of mine. We got back to the hotel after um, we left um, WrestleMania in New Orleans. We left the stadium. We, We walked a little bit and then he was tired of walking. So then we finally got an Uber back to the hotel. I have a picture of him laid out on my bed. Like laid out, like, like, cur- like curled <laughs> up like a baby in his Roman Reigns outfit, sleep because he oh. was so tired. But then he took a little, he took a little power nap, and then we went back on bourbon and we drank, so we couldn't drink no more. <laughs> so. But yeah, I live for the memories. I live for the moments, and I think that that to me is more important than anything. It's like being able to to share those you know small moments of, or even like we went me and Sir Wilkins went down to Charlotte because we have a lot of we have a lot of friends that wrestle down in the Charlotte areas, like North Carolina, South Carolina area, and seeing our friend win the title in front of us, like stuff like that. Like I live for that. I, I take that any day of the week over regular, uh, over regular shit. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, and I'm happy that, you know, I get to talk to people like you and, and laugh and, and be able to be excited about wrestling. Cause that's really what it's about.
1: right so that's a perfect segue into my next question um how do you feel about the state of wrestling as a whole positive and negative negative? and this can also tie into the independent scene and even the mainstream scene like just how do you feel about it um from a positive side positive and from side, a negative side I
2: think and I know we're gonna talk about the big win I know we're gonna get there but the first yes. the moment when that, when that moment happened we're gonna talk about it but that moment happened um A friend of mine, he wrestles, he's an independent wrestler. He calls me. And the first thing I said to him was, There is no excuse for anyone of color to not excel in wrestling right now. There's no excuse. If there is a time, Mm -hmm. if there was any time to go out and live your dream as a wrestler, this is the time where there's so many different opportunities. So many different schools, the resources are there. And that's one thing we've talked about on our podcast is like, you know, in the inner cities, you know, growing up, there weren't a lot of resources. There weren't a lot of wrestling schools available or affordable and things like that. But I think now more than ever, it's available. It's 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 possible to see the impossible become possible. That's that's amazing that that's really what it's about. So I think the current state of wrestling there's so much more left to do um I think it's hard because wrestling is that sport where it's like it it can have that dog eat dog mentality or that eye for an eye like I only look out for myself, but I think mm-hmm. I think the greatest I think the good thing about it though is there's a lot more. There's a lot more people that are hungry and willing to learn the business, to soak up the knowledge, to be able to progress in, in the business. I think the net and I think a part of that, you know, as crazy as us living in the pandemic has been, it's been the reset button that I think wrestling needed. And I and I mean that in both on the Indies and also mainstream. And I say both because you've been able to see people that you would not, ne- if we weren't living in the pandemic, have an opportunity. You you would have never seen Leon Russ right. that came out of AR Fox's wrestling school down in Atlanta that wrestled for Evolved, become North American champion. You would have never seen that. You would have never seen. Um. There's a whole bunch of stuff you would have never seen. You, you would have never seen WWE become probably thinking outside of the box and creating a Thunderdome. <laughs> you would have never thought, right? Of, you know, AEW being the company that it is and, and obtaining the wrestlers it, it obtained, you know. So it's been, it's been probably harder, definitely on the Indies because of the restrictions and things like that. But the South has been running. Safely, and I've seen a lot of my friends mm-hmm. being able to to kind of train and get their mind, get their body right, so that when the world does open up, they have the opportunities. You know, like my friend, he won um, right was it, was, it, what was it rising Rising star of the Carolinas for 2020. Shout out to Zuka King, like mm-hmm. being able to still make a name for yourself with no excuses. I think that's that's been the positive. The negative is I think you know, especially if, as a female, there's so many I think things, more things women can do in the wrestling business and I just my wish and hope is that those doors people can break through and being able to get those opportunities like I thought it was phenomenal. Like I had met, and this was probably a little over a year and a half ago when MLW was here in New York. And I went, me and Sir Wilkins had went because they was doing um, TV tapings down here. And I said that one person I want to meet is Selena De La Renta. And everybody looked at me crazy. They was like, why? And I was like, for her to be the first Latina to ever produce a wrestling show for that company I said I have to meet her <laughs> like you couldn't tell me different and I, when I met her I thanked her I said listen as a as an Afro Latina myself for you to break that wall that means we all have a possibility to do that so my hope is that the business indies and mainstream that we create more opportunities for women just in general not even just women of color just women where it's not you know we're getting out of that mentality of oh it's the bathroom break or they don't know how to wrestle or they're just pretty we've gotten kind of out of that which is good but now we have to get in the mentality of the behind the scenes like where women can produce mm-hmm. a match where women can be an owner of an independent wrestling company like that's my wish because i think there's so much more power in that so of course you got to you know you're playing a, you're playing in the boys playing playing you know playground <laughs> i feel like all the time i'm always outnumbered <laughs> i'm always the only girl in the group <laughs> but i make right. sure that whatever i do i'm able to drag Another female along with me and being able to be like, listen, I could do it. She could do it. The girl behind her could do it. So I think that, especially because everyone always knows if you listen to the podcast, I'm so disappointed in AEW's women's division. But I think my wish and hope is that they kind of figure it out because there's so many, there's so many talented women out there that it doesn't make sense that you have this platform where you wanted to create diversity and opportunity and you don't do it so my my hope is that right. you know the wrestling business realize the power in women in wrestling um but also the negative too is just like the low-key like hush about when you know, that whole, there was that whole period of time when the start of the pandemic started and people were getting cancelled and people were getting sex allegations and stuff like that, like my hope is that, mm-hmm. you know we've cleaned that up to where people have a have a, you know, respect for women in the locker room, it should never be where you know, females feel like they can't say because they won't get an opportunity so I think cleaning that up. Right. Um, but in all in all, I doubt This is the best time to be a wrestler, to be honest. There's no excuse.
1: Okay. So to also tie into what you were just saying, all of which was very profound. Um, in terms of women of color, what are some ways in which we can continue to take up space in the fandom? Because there are in some there are some, there have been multiple cases and this has happened to me too since I've started, where you will voice an opinion and then somebody you know will have an issue with what you're saying or they'll disrespect you if they don't like what you're saying so what are some ways in which we can continue to show up in spite of you know this i mean stuff it's gonna
2: happen in the family I, I experienced it this morning someone tried to pull the race card on me and it was like listen if i wanted it to be a race situation i would have had i would have just said it <laughs> i don't got no problem saying it Um, I I think it's something you can't, you can't avoid it. Your opinion is going to be your opinion, whether it's male, female, or whatever you just, you know, identify people going to disagree with you, but you have to be able to stand your ground and being able to always put you first. Like it doesn't like, not everybody's going to agree. Everybody that listens to the podcast probably thinks I hate AEW. I hate, things, I hate it. And I had to be very clear and mm-hmm. say it's not that I hate the company. Cause they quick to put oh, you don't you, you hate it. But they're quick to say that instead of really listening to what I'm saying. They'll take one thing and they'll run with it. And it's like,
0: that's not what I said.
2: And it could be male or female, but I think as a, as a woman of color, um, you're gonna get people it's gonna happen. It's not something that you could prevent, however. You have to always stay on your ground. Don't don't be, don't apologize. That's the one thing I learned from the lovely Faye Jackson. She taught me, She, she she's definitely big sis on this one. Know your, know your worth, know your value and don't apologize for anything that you do. And when she told me that, I said, heard you sis and that was it. So my, I say that to anyone listening, know your worth, know your value. People going to listen. There's trolls on the internet. You can't control that. Can't get us set with things you can't control, but stay on your ground and know your worth and know that your opinion matters. And guess what? If they don't hear you today, they don't hear you tomorrow. You keep talking. They're going to eventually hear you. Because that was the thing. I never really think people cared about my opinion until we started doing the podcast. <laughs> like, people legit... People, yep. people will legit, like, <laughs> sidebar me and be like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, "What well, does it matter what I think? And they're like, no. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, okay. So it creeps me out still to this day. I'm like, why are you asking me? all we'll people ask someone else. But I value that my opinion matters, but my opinion matters to me. I really don't care if you agree with me or not, but to me, it just shows that we all have a common love for the business. So I can respect that. You don't have to always agree with me, but respect me as a person. If there's a level of disrespect that we got, then we can have a conversation to the side so you know, (laughs) listen, outside of this wrestling shit, I'm still a person. (laughs) So, like, watch what you say, but I would say to the women, know your worth and and don't be be don't apologize for anything you say like because that's when people take you as a joke is we be like i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that no don't be sorry say what say say with your chest because i'm always quick to be like i really don't care what you think or your opinion of but i'm gonna say how i feel <laughs> and what i think because yeah it happened to me this morning the guy pulled the race card on me i was just like sir if I wanted it to be a black or white thing I would've just said it so I so it's always gonna happen you Mm -hmm. can't avoid it unfortunately and it's always like a double edged sword because we're women and women of color so it was just like and the number one thing I used to get before was oh you really know your stuff like people get surprised that that I know who won the 1992 World Rumble like what like like my boyfriend makes fun of me he's like all right you wrestling historian and I'm just like what (laughs) I'll be like so what I know my shit (laughs) because if it was basketball and I had stats you would you wouldn't think nothing different so just because it's wrestling don't mean nothing but we joke about that all the time but it's because I I know my stuff and I'd rather be educated and also too like like if I don't know something, and I speak out on something, I would rather you teach, tell me, and give factual stuff than tell me and give me opinionated, opinion, opinion based stuff. Like give me the facts. Like if if I'm wrong about something, tell me. But mm-hmm. it's not what you say; it's how you say it. So.
1: Well said. So now we've gotten to the big part Of our conversation In talking about women of color Ma'am how did you feel ma'am, about young Belair winning the
0: world Ma'am from I'm, I'm in my house <laughs> Snapping
2: all fingers Like I don't First of all I cry. I, I, I cried I, That's why I Miss your call oh. <laughs> You called me and I saw it and I was like, girl, girl, I'm, not, I'm, I'm disposed. I can't talk right now. Um, I cried because it gave me moments. You know, we all live for moments in wrestling. Like everyone, you can always ask someone where they were when Kofi won. I can always ask that. You can always ask yes. when, let's say, when... I was there when Street Profits... That was actually the last rest, live wrestling event that I went to with people. Was the Raw... It was Raw here in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. And I was in the suites. And that was the Raw. The Street Profits won the Raw tag team titles. I was there for that. So, you live for the moments. I was there when Naomi won the title in Orlando at WrestleMania. So, you, the moments you remember... But you never thought that a black woman would win the Royal Rumble. That was not something you grew up thinking. Let alone a female. Let's start there because they just started doing this female Royal Rumble. So let's start from there. But to, to see her, to see Bianca Belair win. Made me realize this is way bigger than I thought it was. And I said, as a little girl that grew up watching wrestling and not seeing so many of us on the TV screen and to see her win you could not tell me nothing all that stuff when they, people were trying to be controversial and scandalous and saying her feet hit the ground I said y'all can't take this away from us i'm okay because and it even it goes back oh, it was even the next day after she won when um Sir Wilkins had texted me, he had messaged me a picture, and it was a still shot from NXT of Rhea, Charlotte, and Bianca. And I said, I said, bro, they've been story, mm-hmm. they've been building this up since then. Oh my god, like this is genius. <laughs> I, said, I said, Oh my god, like I didn't even think that far back. And I remember. And then when I thought about when I saw the picture, I, I remember Bianca saying to Charlotte, "You gonna get yours? Like I got you." Like, and I'm just like, "Don't you even don't go even go, here. go and here." I was just like, <laughs> he sent me that picture. That even that made me even more emotional because I was just like, to me, it shows they they're invested in her, and they've been investing in her from day one, and. It it gave me the same emotion when Kofi won. It gave me the same emotion when Barack won. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, yo, we really yes, could, we really could do this, and that's why when my homeboy called me, I said, "There's no excuse. You better get in the gym and start training." There's no excuse. But I was I was excited. I, I was I'm still excited. You I'm know, still on the I'm still on the high
1: from it. you know me too and it's just like the way you know how you cried it's like I cried when Kofi won but I actually did not cry when, when Bianca won I jumped up and down and oh, started yes. praise dancing you know how you see those gifs where people be, be shouting in church that's the kind of dancing I was doing in my boyfriend's house and his mama was like, don't break the floors. Like the floors are not strong. The floors are not that strong. And I'm just like all over the place because I'm just so excited that this has happened to her. Cause I remember when she was with she and um the Street profits were at NXT. Um and NXT Live came here a couple years ago and we took pictures with um the street province and bianca was kind of standing towards the back you know with her ponytail kind of like in a little bit of a bonnet or something and i remember just looking at her and then seeing her later on in the show and was just like just enthralled with who she was and how beautiful she was and i was just like she just exuded a level of confidence that I've seen in people, you know, that I've gone to school with and I, I see in people like my sister who's like nineteen who's just brash and just like, Yeah, I'm the the EST but mm-hmm. or like, you know, the sugar honey iced tea and all that. You know, like it, it represents something I've seen before and a love of coffee albums wish I had. It. So it was just kind of like <laughs> and it's just like to see her you know go this far and win you know and be as excellent as she is you know and seeing her you know lift all these weights and be this strong and and be unapologetic about who she is it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life and then it's like when Sir Wilkins posted that picture you know of them of Rhea Charlotte and her oh, I, was, I remember how angry I was angry <laughs> When when she got pushed When she got pushed to the side And Charlotte was like this is a conversation for champions I remember to this day And we were so angry because all we wanted Was a triple threat between those three But it wound up being Rhea and Charlotte or whatever And I was like bro What's mm-hmm. supposed to happen with Bianca What's supposed to happen with Bianca I want Bianca Like the whole time <laughs> I wanted her. That's all I wanted. And when she started coming out a whole lot more, you know, that was when I started feeling more and more satisfied. And when she got put on SmackDown, I was like, that's great for her. Um, so, and to see her win was just very beautiful and very emotional for me. Cause I'm just like, she she's amazing, and then oh to also god, see her girl, and Naomi working here, together to every stay time in they the match. every
2: time they locked up, oh, I was just that, like, oh my god, it's me so uncomfortable me. because I can take either one of them winning. It's okay, you know. I'm, I'm okay if Naomi ends up winning the rumble, even though I think Bianca should win. Like, but to see them together and. As athletic as they both are And them helping each other I was just like yo I can't right. do this." this like, And it brings me back to um, There was a clip She Bianca had posted On her Instagram I don't know if it was an Instagram story Or something where She said almost to the year Cause last year this time She um I think she had a title shot on I think it was a takeover And It was during Black History Month it was when she came out with that cape, It said, It said so it said black girl magic." Yeah, it was take over Portland. Yeah, and that me. was her last takeover because they was calling her up eventually. So she played the. There was the mm-hmm. clip of that, and it was Hunter telling. It was Trip. She, everyone knows that knows me knows, knows I love Triple H. So and I call him Trips. So Trips was telling her like this is gonna be your last takeover. <laughs> like you're gonna go. You're gonna get called up and just the raw emotion she had at that moment and then fast forward a whole year where she's now the 2021 female royal rumble winner it just it's mind-blowing to me like i'm just like in awe of the storytelling um if you haven't already watched the documentary on the on the network about her and about like her struggles oh, I have. of like having a disorder and and being able to not feel normal, like that whole thing. I'm just like, <sighs> I think fig- it was almost a I forgave them for not letting Sasha win <laughs> the first Rumble. <laughs> but I was like, all right, guys, I forgive you for that one because that one still that sucked because she went the longest. <laughs> at the first one and I was pissed I was like so y'all just not gonna let Sasha Banks win that's that's her word okay so I was pissed about that when it first happened but now to be able to have a possible main event where it's two black women going for the title I just keep saying, when are you are selling these tickets? Right. So I can go risk my life a little bit to see this live, because that's all I'm waiting for, is these tickets to go on sale. Because <laughs> I need to be there for that moment. Like, I can't like... Because those are things you're going to be able to tell your kids, your grandkids. I, like, that's why it's like, it's bigger than us. Because that's history. Like, you can't take that away from her. It's just like, when... It's like one of it, it. It's just like when Kofi won. It's like you can't like people will sit and complain. His title reign was short. The way he lost to Brock was was messed up. But you can never take away the fact that he won in in my backyard at WrestleMania. Like you cannot take that away from any mm-hmm. one of us. Like like I told like when we. When we had our big four episode that people can watch on the Jabba TS Podcast Network, cheap plug. And when I said and when I said the story of like <laughs> you know, thanking Kofi personally the night he won, you can't take away those moments. So I am living like I'm living, I'm living and watching history be made. I can't be mad about that.
1: Yeah, I literally can't be mad about it either. It's just, it's a beautiful moment to sort of bask in because it's just like it's beautiful. And in her entire life and her testimony, is just a beautiful representation of um, going with what you like, going with has been given to you and running with it. Because she'll uh-huh. tell you herself that this, that she was that this wasn't her dream at all. Like, the, the fact, like, it ministers to me on a, re- on a personal level because she said this was a dream that I didn't know was a dream that turned into a reality. And that's how I really feel like me even starting this podcast as a content creator is even happening. Like, if you had told me maybe five years ago that... I was gonna oh. start a wrestling podcast. I look at you like you're crazy. Like, look, I love Girl, wrestling. I don't I, think I've I said that anything about like this. Ours every day. I'm like, <laughs> and listen, it's just-
2: if you would have told me that I would be sitting here every week, I tell and I jo- I used to joke with the boys. I was like, this is probably the longest inconsistent relationship I've had in a long time, is doing this podcast. Okay, so you're you're welcome. But but thank you guys, but you're welcome. But if somebody would ask me, like, do you, like, looking back, do you think you would have other been like, you're joking, like, I'm just gonna be in my little wrestling corner, but now I ain't got no choice, because I can't be in no corner, I gotta, we gotta always be in a group, it's a group, it's a family thing, so I'm like, okay, but I'm the same way, like, I would have never thought that I would sit and have a podcast that people actually listen to, like, not even that we started one, because I, I always, even to this day, I get surprised when people tell us, like, oh, we listen to your podcast. I'm like, really? Like, ours? Yeah, like, you serious? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, it was so funny. We, me and my homegirl, we just went to Charlotte a few weeks ago. And we went to a show that um, it was a tournament that like, some of our friends were in. So, you know, always about, I'm always big on supporting those that support us. No matter where in the world we are, if I can go and support, I'm there. So we went down there, and it was a girl sitting behind us, and me and my homegirl, we do crazy commentary. We always make jokes, crack up. So the girl behind us was another black girl. Now, mind you, we in South Carolina, it's only but five black people, and she's like, that's in the crowd. So, and that was us. So, she it was a, another black girl. Mm-hmm. So you know, we all, you know, we bonded for like two point five seconds, and she was cracking up with us. And she said, "You look familiar," and I was like excuse me so I thought she was talking to my friend and she's like my homegirl goes no she's talking to you I'm like what she's like yeah you look familiar and I'm like from I said I don't live here I live in New York and she's like you and this is where it gets really funny she said you and this fine ass bullheaded man in, <laughs> you guys were in North Carolina <laughs> For Russell Key, I uh, mentioned to you earlier, I said, yeah, I said, oh, but you talking about Wilkins, oh God, I said, but yeah, I said, that's my best friend, but I said, wow, I said, you remember, she said, yeah, she said, I saw you guys there, and you got, you know, we, you know, and we kind of talked a little bit about your podcast, and I was like, the fact that that, mind you, that was going on almost a year and a half later, Cause that was 2019 that we was there. It was November 2019. So this is now January 2021. And that girl says she that I look familiar to her. I said, okay. This is a little creepy, but alright. We 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 making moves and places and doing things that I didn't even think were possible. <laughs> so oh, it always tickles me when someone says they listen to the podcast. I'm like, "Hey, sure."
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like Bianca Belair sort of winning has just sort of put lit another fire up under me um, to make me want to go harder and continue to do you know what it is that I do best. Um, for wrestling, even though I know I'm not an athlete, but it's just it just makes me want to go harder and continue to create a space for um, us to have and to just continue to share my knowledge, you know, in what I and my love for wrestling, because I'm just like, I just cannot wait to just I cannot wait to see what else is what else um, she has to offer us. Absolutely. And like She's I, I, I just honestly, an inspiration every day taught me there there are no excuses
2: there's nothing and, and that the impossible can be possible because I never if somebody would have asked me last year oh do you think a black woman would have won the Royal Rumble I would have been like no they never gonna pull that trigger absolutely not I said they didn't do it with the Sasha they didn't do it with Naomi you know they've, they've had women of color that they have opportunities for. So looking fast forward now. And she making the impossible possible. I was like. There are no excuses. Like we can't. We have to go. Like. And go hard.
1: hmm well, Janelle, okay. Um, I just have one more question to ask you. What does the fu- what does the future hold <laughs> for, for me, you? Miss um, Janelle from
2: the HR? I always told the boys, I said, my ultimate goal, and it's 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 like our inside joke, but I'm like dead serious. I want our podcast that now has been like now a network and a platform, but I always wanted to cultivate a full agency where indie guys and girls can come and we can help them market themselves we can help them get bookings so like I my dream has always been for us to be the rock nation of wrestling and especially of wrestlers of color Mm. so that's my ultimate goal not saying it'll happen but you know being like I said the opportunities that we've all had individually and as a collective it's possible the amount of people that we know on the indies in the south and up here and i you know my goal is to go even a little further out west cuz vegas has a really good indie scene texas has a really good indie scene going to the midwest i have a lot I have a friends in chicago mm-hmm. so chicago has a really big indie scene so being able to explore those opportunities and options. But, like, I've always wanted to be the rock nation of wrestling, where we've had people that are under us, and that we support, and that we market, and that we, you know, get bookings for and and cultivate relationships with owners, and things like that. So that's my ultimate goal. But what's next? I don't know, girl. I just... Uh, once this thing, our, really, it's for us to do the show we were supposed to do. I think once we, we were supposed to ha- um, have our own wrestling show last July 4th, um, but because of the pandemic, we were not able to. So not saying it's going to be this July 4th, but definitely within the next year or two is to do the show that we were supposed to do. Because that, that was going to be a game changer for independent wrestling and people of color. So, you know, to have, you know, we were going to mm-hmm. have, at the time, we were going to have Crime Time headline, co-headline. We were going to have Tasha Steeles versus Big Sw- Like, we had matches in place, and they were going to main event. So they were going to be the first all-black woman, female, to main event at indie show. So we had. When I tell you, girl, we had. Oh my god! <laughs> Even it was gonna be um, Sir Wilkins' first wrestling match, and he was gonna wrestle Simon Miller from What Culture. Like we had, we had plans. Oh. So before I can honestly walk away from the podcast, if I choose to, before anything changes in our lives, we have to throw the show we were supposed to throw so that's just the goal is to have our own the Jabba tier. we were gonna have what were we gonna call it I forgot um but we were gonna ha- oh no we were gonna call it Jabba Slam cause that's what we had called what we called it before so the goal is is to do the show we were supposed to do not saying all the players that were gonna be involved can be involved cause some have got signed since then <laughs> which is good um but to do the wrestling show that we were meant to do, that that that's the that's the next that's the next thing for us. Well, for me, and being able to you know be a part of the booking and the creative team because I'm I'm more the behind the scenes girl. I'm never gonna take a bump. Everyone always asks me, "Are you ever gonna get in the ring?" No, I am not. That is not for me. I'm not taking a bump for anyone. Not happening. But to be able to (laughs) book people on the show and be able to be creative and being able to know the finish and and being in gorilla and all you know all that i want to do that so that's the goal is to do this this show we've been supposed to do so we just waiting for you know corona to chill out (laughs) so we can figure it out
0: Oh, that but that, some that, big was, stuff. that was that was I the part want I think to that see messed their up. Show. Like,
2: I was a little depressed about that. Like, we couldn't do it because we had so many people behind us, and people were going to come to New York. Like, it was like kind of like when like WWE is in town, and you got to come up to come see the show. Like, feel like people were booking flights and booking hotels. Like, people were coming because it was also Fourth of July weekend here in New York. So it was like kill two birds in one stone. You could see the fireworks and you could also see the show. And it was going to be outdoors. It just, it was, uh, I get upset thinking about it because we worked so hard. And for it to kind of like slip away, not because of anything we did, but because, you know, the world, stuff happens. But we're totally going to do the show that that we were Mm -hmm. meant to do. If, if we don't do anything else, that show will be the, the last of the last, but that that show is really what I think our focus is going to be, hopefully, um, to start you know, once the world kind of opens up a little bit. So. Well, yes, I'm going yeah. we it to be it It's going to happen, if, you know, and I'm going to be there. We can do it here in New York. We'll find a place to do it. <laughs> Trust and believe. We... We'll figure it out, but you know I'm thankful and I'm blessed to um to have this journey with the both of them. So you know, always shout out Starwalker and Mr. Black, um, because even through ups and downs behind the scenes and in front of the camera as well, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't trade our journey for anything in the world. So as corny as it may sound, but it's the truth. Like I don't see, I never saw myself doing podcasting ever Um, but to be able to do that on top of the other opportunities that I've had like I never saw myself doing commentary I still think I suck at it but everyone else seems to think that I do good and I'm like if you say so but you know to be able to have the opportunities I've had to do shows (laughs) and be a part of that and people know that it's me like I never, you know, grow. Up, I never grew up thinking that, especially, you know, black girl from New York, never. But, you know, I've we we've been truly blessed, and you know, I'm just I'm thankful that you know we made it this far without killing each other. I think that's also <laughs> that's also a plus. Um, but we love, you know, <laughs> because we all love, we love hard. So I think that's what honestly keeps us all together. Is that, you know, no matter what, we we all love each other. So that's a good I'm I'm gonna end it off with that. <laughs>
1: well Janelle from HR thank you so much for coming on Girl, the Heart Wrestling podcast I, I, it is such an honor to have you <laughs> um, on the show I've loved this entire conversation so if you want to you know you just put yourself over and tell the people I where they can find you my, and follow oh, my you personal um, stuff is just do that right
2: now me. So but I'm not hard to find but I always tell people you can follow us at the Jabba Tears podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the boys handle all the social media stuff. I stay out of that. But, um, you can also follow our Facebook group chat on uh, Jabba T's Podcast Network. Um, also subscribe to our YouTube page where you can find other, not only wrestling, we're, we're kind of branching out. We have, you know, two and a half bros. We have Sasson Talk with me and Amanda. Um, we have Game Night with Mike and Nelly. So me and my boyfriend have a little, like, podcast thing we do. Um, and then um, the Mr. Black show is coming back. So, you know, we're, you're trying to always expand. And, you know, shout outs to Talk of Champions, which is under the Jabba Tears Network. Um, shout out to Sports, which is under the Jabba Tears Network. So, you know, we're trying to cultivate, once again, just that bigger than, larger than life community where if you don't like wrestling or you like sports, okay, cool. You don't like sports and you like talking about guys and girls issues boom like one-stop shop so um but I before we do go I truly and I told you this when we recorded last time I'm honored just as much as you are because I'm blessed that you would have even thought of to interview me and, and take the time out for me so I'm just as thankful and I wish you nothing but success and, and like I told you any way I can help I am here you're welcome love thank you thank and you well. so much you can catch us every thursday live and then um we drop every friday um on all streaming platforms so but i'm glad you got me first now but make sure you ask that question to the both of them i want wanna what which one that, that they think is that most outrageous i'm, I'm it is but thank yeah, you so much I love and once to again wish you nothing but the <laughs>
0: best
2: alright love take care
1: thank Bye-bye. you Janelle Okay so I want to send an absolutely Special thank you and all The love and respect to Janelle From the HR from the Job of Tears Podcast please go out and listen To their podcast is her Sir Wilkins and um, Mr. Black who I will be having on the show In the next two weeks um, Please listen to them and follow them wherever you can And wherever podcasts are um, Are sold and listened to Also check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast on all social Platforms on Instagram at at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod and listen to me on iHeart Radio, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And until next time, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie. And until next time, bye, y'all.